What's up, Pels fans? And welcome back to another episode of the Pelican Debrief Podcast. I'm so thrilled you guys are here. Now, in case you guys don't know, Pelican Debrief is a division of Fansided. Now, Fansided is the ultimate home for fans, and that's you, because let's face it, you probably wouldn't be here if you weren't the ultimate fan listening to me. Now, my name is Preston Ellis. You can follow me at Preston Ellis, that's at Preston Ellis, and you can follow our site, Pelican Debrief, at pelicandebrief.com, or on Twitter, at Pelican Debrief. And since you guys are here, do us a favor, if you get a second, go on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Thank you guys so much for being here, but let's cut the chit-chat and talk about the game. What happened? Just two weeks ago, at 25 and 40, the Pelican season was effectively over. We were pronounced dead by even the most diehard of Pels fans. I was talking about targeting that top three lottery protected pick from the Sacramento Kings, but breathe again, Pelicans fans. Boogie has brought us back to life. It's Boogie on the Bayou night as the man who would be king single-handedly brought the Pels back to life tonight with 41 points. Ridiculous. 17 rebounds. And all of this on 5 of 9 shooting from 3-point range. He must have been listening to Bourbon Street shots this week. Uh, including a 19-0 run in the third. And that wasn't just Boogie, but he spearheaded it with 14 points in the stanza. The five three-pointers also tie him for his career high. What a night he had, gobbling up buckets on Marcus Hall, getting all the calls that he wanted. Even after the game in the presser, he thanked the referees in hilarious fashion. He was electric all night long. He had 16 in the first, single-handedly keeping the Pels in this one as they staggered to 41-34. and 34. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but 34 marked their new season low for the half. And at two nightmares to be true, 13 points in the second. 13 points. Goodness. Now, for the second game in a row, like I was just talking about, Gentry opted to sit all three of Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins to start the second. And spoiler alert, it didn't work then, and it didn't work tonight. But Boogie put the entire team on his back, and he put in those 14 third-quarter points. We had that tremendous run coming right out of the gate, uh, just as we did the other night against the Wolves. It was a very similar contest in a lot of respects. Um, Anthony Davis also contributed. He had 19 and 13 on a night where uh, uh, I think Joel Myers said at one moment that he was a bit under the weather, and it really showed. He didn't have the aggressiveness. You could also uh, attribute that to the night that Boogie was having and Anthony Davis wanting him to, to, to put those buckets in the basket. But even early on with the 34-point first half, you didn't see a lot from Davis attacking. He did shoot 50%, but just... Lacking the aggressiveness we've seen over the past two weeks. He did cut down on his five turnovers. Uh, only had two tonight, which was a great improvement. Uh, Holiday shot a dreadful five of 16 from the field, uh, continuing his shooting woes in the boogie era. But he did contribute in other ways. Uh, he had a plus-minus of 24 when he was on the court. Uh, astounding, considering those shooting numbers. And uh, only had six assists. Um, he did cut down uh, his turnovers also to one. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, let's talk about the Grizzlies for a second. They they look tired all around. No one played particularly well for the Beale Street Bears. Uh, shout out to the Grizzlies fan-sided network. Conley led them with 16 points and 6. Not inspiring numbers on 6 of 14 from the field. Gasol was not himself. Um, 
in many respects, uh, a first team uh, or at least second team center um, for all NBA considerations. A lot of people have him on that. A lot of people consider him as the best center in the NBA. He didn't show it tonight. He's usually somebody who takes advantage of uh, Boogie and AD. But tonight, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 5 of 13. Nothing nothing flashy. Uh, and Randolph, Zach Randolph, had 4 points. Vince Carter had 4 points on 2 of 9 shooting. I don't know... Uh, where the will to win was tonight for these guys. They're only the sixth seed in the West. Um, former Pelican Wayne Seldon Jr. <laughs> started for the Grizz, only had four points in 15 minutes. Uh, Bird writes on Twitter, joked, and uh, <laughs> that the uh, reunion was slightly less awkward than Kevin Durant's return to Oklahoma, which uh, got a chuckle out of me during the game. The Pels moved to 30-41. and 41. They close ever so closer to life uh, as they trail the Nuggets by a mere 3.5 games with three head-to-head clashes left. Now, the Nuggets have an absolute murderer's row of contestants coming up. That starts with the Cleveland Cavaliers tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Now, one would think by tomorrow at midnight, the Pels will definitely find themselves but three games back with three headers left with these guys. So don't hold your breath, Pels fans, but I'm saying there's a chance. Of course, they've also got to catch the Blazers, and the Blazers have a much easier of a schedule. So sounding a bit too good to be true at the moment, but let's dive into the game a bit more and talk some all-star post-break numbers, I should say. Now, uh, the Pels came out sleepwalking in this one. Uh, They did score 61 in the final two frames against the fourth-best defense in the NBA in scoring, only allowing 101 per game. The Pels just coming out of games against other great defenses like Miami, Charlotte, Utah, Minnesota's ever-improving defense. They started the year off rough, so they have been playing a lot better on D. And... uh, They're only averaging 103 on the season, but have topped that mark in six of their last seven games. I'm I'm also including the Blazers game where we scored 100 because we could have scored a lot more, but the game was uh, was well on hand by by midway through the fourth quarter. They have really been scoring at a great clip lately. You never know; they were 21st in scoring before this uh, recent spree. And uh, we should talk about the the role players as well, even with. Boogie's ultra-efficient night, the Pels shot a putrid 39% from the floor. Uh, that's not from th- three, that's from the floor. Their three-point shooting was an even more horrifying 31%, and that's including Cousins' five of seven on the night. So without him, he's fo- the Pelicans, I should say, are four of 22. I'm terrible at math, but that's got to put them around 16 <laughs> percent something like that now they would cut down on turnovers in a big way on the night down to only 12 they've been doing much better in that category their post all-star break average is 16 so they really during these wins turnovers have been a big element of the victories Davison Cousins is a big part of the, are a big part of that. Excuse me. They only had four combined on the night, coupled with their usage rating. That's really great. The the biggest improvement over the last four games in ball control, though, has come at the hands of Drew Holiday. He hasn't been shooting well, but he has only nine turnovers in the past six games. That's nine in the past six games. I went game by game, and I counted it up. It took me a while, <laughs> but I did figure it out. Now, uh, he had been averaging six per game in the post-boogie era before these previous five games. Now, on top of that, 
Jim Eichenhofer, I don't know how to pronounce his name, maybe one of you guys will help me, he reported earlier that Tim Frazier hadn't had a turnover in the past five contests. In fact, he'd had 25 assists to zero turnovers. He would have one tonight breaking the streak, but he's really been doing uh, an incredible job of, of managing the ball and managing the offense when he's when he's had the uh, the rights to the ball. Now, this helped the Pels to an 18-12 advantage in points off turnovers on the night, as well as a 19-7 advantage in fast break points. The fast breaks have have really been uh, aiding the Pels in these uh, last five wins. And uh, that's pretty much the story. Boogie Cousins, 41, coupled with uh, some some poor play from the Grizzlies' big contributors. Uh, not an inspiring game from these guys. Like I said, Conley led them with 16 after that. You had Jamichael Green, uh, I believe, had 13, and then Gasol with only 10, plus the absence of Chandler Parsons. But let's be honest, uh, was he ever expected to contribute uh, meaningful minutes to this team this season? He's just had too many injuries. Um, and the Pels also minimized mistakes. That was pretty much the story. They don't let the, the first half scoring Wolves catch up with them, and they come out hot in the second half. That was the story for the Wolves game, and it's the story again. Let's not change things if it ain't broke. You know, some not-so-good uh, statistics involving the Pels role players. Speaking of people who didn't show up tonight, shots fired. Uh, we've been praising the bench unit as of late, so I feel like it's okay that we harp on them a little bit after this uh, mediocre performance, especially um, off-ball contributors like uh, Jordan Crawford, my man, Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill. Uh, none of these guys killed us tonight, but just the way they had been playing lately, we certainly expect and hope for more from them. This was not a compliment to those recent performances. Solomon Hill had five on the night. He had quietly been in double digits in four of the past five games, including that uh, 30-point explosion last week. Uh, now, the Grizz bench had a respectable 36 points on the night. The Pels, not so respectable. Solomon Hill, Tim Frazier, Quinn Cook, Donatas Montiunas, Alexis Aginsa, all combined for seven points in a combined 81 minutes. Now, that's that's not the stuff of a winning team. Um, Crawford and Moore did give us 17. And uh, Crawford, instant grits, had 10. He got uh, his two-pointer in the final minute when the, the game was well in hand, but he had to keep that double-digit streak of six in his seven games as a Pelican going. Really cool stuff from Jordan Crawford, a guy who hadn't played an NBA minute in almost three years, and he now is averaging, he was at 14.3 points per game, I'm, I'm doing that from memory, so forgive me if it's a little off, so this 10-point this performance will probably bring him to around, I would say, a 13-point average in his seven games as a Pelican, probably only at around, I would guess, 20 minutes per game in those contests. Now, uh, one even bigger note, we talked about it briefly earlier, that we we have to harp on is that, uh, other than the unremarkable play of the bench, was Alvin Gentry's, again, curious decision, Alvin and the Chipmunks, to start the second without the big three of Drew Holiday, DeMarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis. Now, um, early on in the, in the boogie era, he had been experimenting with... Uh, pairing DeMarcus Cousins and Tim Frazier, or pairing Drew Holiday with Anthony Davis. Uh, but in the past two games, very curiously, uh, well, the Wolves used the, their young pups, used it to their advantage, extending their lead from 7 to 11. 
But the Grizzlies made Gentry pay much, much more than that. Uh, the Grizz opened the quarter against this lineup with a 7-0 run, forcing a Gentry timeout early on, three minutes into the second period. Now, what is Gentry hoping to see from this lineup? Is is he trying to get an idea of who the Pelicans want, want to re-sign going forward? A lot of these guys are expirings. Uh, Donatus Montiunis, um let's see, Quinn Cook is another guy. He wasn't even part of the lineup. Uh, Moore was in there. Frazier was in there. So you would think we'd get more production out of these guys. Uh, Alexis Agensa did did have nine rebounds, a lot of them during that stretch, but just Montiunis not contributing anything. And you've got to think this is disastrous for a guy who was offered a four-year, $34 million deal by the Brooklyn Nets and in um, really disappointing fashion. He was restricted, so the Rockets matched it, but they didn't match the uh, performance guarantees, so he didn't report to his physical, ended up breaking up with the Rockets. Now he's on a, a one-year minimum, and you'd have to think going forward with these performances, he's not going to get much more than that. So really a big heartbreaker for the big guy losing that money from from Brooklyn Nets and they the only team that might be interested in him especially at that price physically can't re-sign him until a year has passed from the last time they tried to that's a CBA rule that's not a, a Rockets rule so unfortunate for the big man I, I hope he gets his money but he's probably in all likelihood not going to get it from the Pelicans who don't have much cap flexibility as it is if they re-sign Drew uh, they'll only have the mid-level and the biannual. The biannual is about $3.1 million a year. They're not going to give that to him. They're certainly not going to give him the mid-level at 8.3. And by the way, all of this you can read on my site, uh, or not on my site. Pelican Debrief is not my site. I apologize to, to the other guys who work so hard on Rick Stone. But uh, I think it's pelicandebrief.com slash author slash Pellis. I've got some articles up on some free agent uh, options. That will actually debut tomorrow. Last week we had uh, a couple of trade options uh, articles uh, saying what what options the Pelicans have, not only in that regard, but using their trade exception of three point six million to get some other help. But anyway, back to Monte Yunus, not not a good showing from him. Did not play well, and nobody did really. Um, another change um, was Dante Cunningham didn't play at all tonight. He was part of that second unit that started the second quarter against the Wolves. So um, if anybody's listening, and if anybody's listening, are you there? Uh, no, but if you are listening and you do know why Dante Cunningham wasn't in the lineup at all, didn't play a single minute, um, as far as I know, it was a coach's DNP. Uh, no report from Joel Myers about an illness or an injury. So, And I can't remember anything happening in the Wolves game, so... I think it was just a coach's decision to get him some rest and see some of the other guys uh, play out there. But he's been shooting really well, 40% from three for the season, so we definitely could have used his shooting to contribute to that four out of 22 from the rest of the guys not named Boogie. Um, but next up for the Pelicans, moving right along to catch up for that dead air, we've got the smoking hot Houston Rockets fresh off their win against the Nuggets last night in dramatic fashion if you guys didn't watch it uh, a fantastic back and forth yo-yo type game James Harden broke the mile higher hearts with a a lay in to end the game at 125 to 124 and that's in regulation so these these uh they were filling up the stat sheet these two squads um now, you can also find our editor, Rick Stone's warm-up to that on Friday morning uh, Friday morning on pelicandebrief.com. He'll get you guys warmed up for the game with uh, a couple of facts and some good tidbits to watch for in that contest. Now, in addition, 
I am so pumped uh, to let you guys in on this. Now, we will be hosting on this podcast, on Friday morning, it's going to go live on the Pelican Debrief podcast, Space City Hoops, Kelly Iko to talk Pell's Rockets before Friday night's contest. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, big guy. Now, Iko is a contributor for Houston's fan-sided affiliate. Like I said, Pelican Debrief is the fan-sided affiliate for the Pelican. Space City Hoops is for the Rockets, and I am very, very excited to hear his take on Friday night's matchup. We're going to have a lot of questions to grill that young man with. But um, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys again so, so much for tuning in. If I can ask any more of you, rate us on iTunes. But honestly, I'm just glad you're here. Thank you guys for stopping by. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow night with another mystery guest, Saints Nation's own... Andrew Judge is going to come on and talk some Pelicans and give us some Saints tidbits as well. If you guys don't know Saints Nation, it's the most highly visited blog for the New Orleans Saints franchise. So really cool having that guy on the program tomorrow. Really excited to to talk some some New Orleans Saints football and to get his take on the Pelicans with uh, just a few games left. It's time to time to get some wins and hopefully propel us into the playoffs. And he's going to help. Now again, you can visit us. Pelican Debrief at PelicanDebrief.com. And uh, you guys make this possible. So thank you so much. We have so much fun doing it for you. If you have any questions or you want to submit any questions, please, Preston Ellis at Twitter. That's me. Have a great night, you guys. We're winners of five out of six. Let's go, Pels. Pels.